friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items. Like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper, your host for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for joining us and checking out this episode. Hopefully you are a regular listener. And we have got a jam-packed episode of the the Man Cave Podcast. We're going to talk a little brewers after their home opener. Bryce Terrain continues to look pretty darn sharp. Uh, we'll talk a little college hoops. UConn, blue blood now, uh, or have they always been a blue blood program? That's the debate going on out there. Plus, we'll catch up with our good friend, Dr. Logan Shepke. Uh, we're going to talk a little golf uh, with him with Masters Week coming up here. Plus, if you remember last time we talked to him, I gave him a gave him assignment. Top five outdoor adventures, so he's going to give that to us uh, coming up here as well. So, but... In the spirit of the Masters tradition, I can't quote it, otherwise I'll probably get in trouble. We're going to continue with our with our little new tradition here, starting off every episode of the podcast with a little icebreaker coming at you, icebreaker question. So this week's random, or this episode's random icebreaker question to kind of get things going, because I always hate beginnings of something, whether it's the radio show or the podcast, so I, I never know how to, like, if I can properly do a good opening or whatever. So... We're going to do icebreakers. As much as we hated them, maybe growing up or in school or for your job, we're going to do it on the podcast now. So the random one that we pulled out, uh, what celebrity do most people say you look like? Now, again, you can play along with this if you'd like. All right? Hit me up. Hit me up with, with your thoughts or your picks on this, too. And remember, you can always hit me up on Twitter or voice message or on Facebook. Uh, I will say there's two of them. I will say there's two of them. Uh, the one that is the most recent that I've gotten a few times of, and and I guess this would be considered a a celebrity is President uh, Zelensky, the UK the Ukraine president. I've had people multiple times reach out and tell me that I look like him. You know, I I, I guess I I can see it in some photos. Other photos, no, I, I don't see it, but I that's that's the popular one that uh, a lot of people now have been saying. I will say the one that I used to get, and I'm not blowing smoke up your butts when I say this, but I got it a lot in the like early 2010s when I was a youth sports director at a YMCA, and uh, I had parents and kids tell me this. I looked like Aaron Rodgers. That was one. I'm, I'm not kidding you. That was one. I got it. I got it a few times. My kid, even now, I remember this as soon as I just said this a few years ago. He apparently saw Aaron Rodgers on TV. I think I was at a Packers game. And uh told my wife, he's like, is that dad on TV or like, why is dad on TV or something like that? Like he, he thought Aaron looked like me. So those are the two popular ones. You can agree with them or not. I'm just telling you, that's what I've been told. All right. So, but. There's your icebreaker for uh, for this episode. I want to hear from you, though, too. Who do you think you look like, or who do you think you've been told that you look like, celebrity-wise? But let's start off this podcast talking some Milwaukee Brewers with their home opener yesterday. Bryce Terang with that grand slam yesterday to help propel the Brewers to a 10 to nothing victory in the home opener. Willie Peralta. Looking pretty darn solid as well. Picking up the win, going six strong innings, only giving up two hits, striking out seven, zero earned runs, obviously. Brian Anderson picking up the uh, first home run for the Brewers this season. He also was two for three uh, with uh, three RBIs and two runs over there, too. So uh, let's recap. Kind of a fun game yesterday. Anybody who was on that bus trip yesterday, you were definitely treated 
for uh, for a pretty darn entertaining game yesterday. There's no doubt about it. But uh, obviously, a lot of attention on Bryce Terang yesterday. We were talking about Bryce Terang yesterday as maybe being one of the biggest takeaways from the uh, opening series against uh, the Cubbies. This youngster, you know, looking like the moment maybe not too not too big for for Terang. Just looks really comfortable. And you listen, you know, like if you were listening to his uh, to his chat with uh, Sophia Minert. Uh, Minerts uh, yesterday too, the the Brewers on field reporter there seems really humble. Seems you know very soft spoken, not a lot of words. Although he w- looked pretty jacked up, you know, running around the bases after that uh, home run. You're saying, why wouldn't you be? Your first first home run is the home opener, and it's a grand slam with your family in the stands. I mean, come on, uh, that's pretty darn awesome. Even Freddie Peralta said after the game yesterday, he almost shed a tear. Uh, after after watching that too, so, um, but Bryce Terang, man, what else can we say about about him? You know, Craig Council. I was reading a little bit this morning from uh, from Brewers dot com from Adam McCulvey, and he said Craig Council keeps urging everyone to watch closely while Bryce Terang plays defense, but it's been the bat so far that has been, you know, Bryce Terang's calling card right now, and just looks calm. Cool. Bryce Terang, but also Joey Weimer. I mean, it's the newcomers that are really getting it done for the Brewers so far. It's the youngsters, and it's the Brian Andersons. It's it's the Jesse Winkers. It's those guys that have been getting it done so far on the offensive side of things for the Brewers. And I guess if you're you're a Brewers fan. One, that's got to make you pretty darn excited, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, the likes of a Gelly and, and maybe a little bit of a Willie Adamas, let's, you know, it's only four games, so I don't want to panic. I don't want to, you know, throw those guys under the bus, but you got to be pumped to, to kind of see what you're seeing with these youngsters and these new guys over here. It's freaking awesome right now. I mean, again, numbers are inflated. Only four games or just a couple for some of these guys. Anywhere between 10, 15 at-bats. But Brian Anderson right now, 455, four RBIs. Uh, Bryce Terang, we already mentioned it. For a youngster, he's only struck out once in 10, uh, 10 appearances. Uh, we got, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, Weimer, Joey Weimer, 10 at-bats. Another youngster, he's only struck out twice. And then you got Christian Yelts right now, who's already struck out Nine times. Nine times? Yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Quote, nine times. Rowdy Teliza struck out six times. Uh, you know, Jesse Winker, the DH, hitting 364. He's got five RBIs right now. Leading the team in the uh, him and Bryce Terang, thanks to Bryce's grand slam yesterday. Leading the team in RBIs. It's been a, it's been a fun season. I mean, how quickly a game, a game and a half, changes a narrative to begin the season. You know, we we we, we touched on it a little bit yesterday. For the longest time, it looked like oh god, Brewers can't score another run, or they're struggling to score. They're struggling to score runs. I mean, they didn't get anything in the opener. Then they took until the eighth inning. In the second game, to get three runs, and they held on to that win. Then, what do they do? They follow it up with nine in the series finale, and then put up a ten-burger yesterday. But that's sports. That's baseball, isn't it? Watch tonight. Now going up against Max Scherzer. Would it, it be? Would it surprise anybody if they maybe struggle a little bit on the mound, or, or I should say, a struggle a little bit at the plate? Nah, I don't think so. I'm enjoying it, though, man. I know it's only four games in. And we still got 150-some of these things to go. But I'm enjoying it. I've been enjoying it these last three games specifically. Not so much opening day. But the last three, yeah, why not? And a lot of it is because of these rookies and these newcomers coming in. Kind of maybe bringing in a little bit of a different energy. A little bit more of an enthusiasm. A different vibe within the within the clubhouse, bringing that spark a little bit. At least initially, it looks like they are at the uh, at the beginning part of this thing. 
Now, will it continue tonight with Scherzer going up against Wade Miley? Wade Miley is such a, you know, to me, he's going to be an interesting wild card for this ball club. We know about the top three. Yesterday, you know, we were talking about Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta was a guy that a lot of people thought in spring training and offseason was a big-time wild card or one of the top wild cards for the Brewers this year in terms of their success and how far that they could go. If he could get back to his all-star self just a couple of years ago, we already know what to kind of expect from, from Brandon Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns. If Peralta is that, that all-star guy that he was a couple of years ago, then there's no doubt about it. The Brewers have one of the top three starting rotations in all of baseball. Freddie looked his part yesterday. Now let's hope that, that it continues. But I think another wild card that we didn't hear a whole lot about or maybe an intriguing player that we haven't talked a whole lot about, Wade Miley. And this is a guy that you know, ever since his, his Brewers kind of resurrecting his career back in 2018, you know, he came on the scene after after being in Baltimore in 2017, and you know, it was just eight and fifteen, but it was a five point six one ERA, and it's like, oh Lord, what is David Stearns doing? Well, he had a pretty darn solid year, going five and two and two point five seven ERA. Didn't pitch a whole lot of innings, only pitched 80, almost 81. But followed up by going to Houston, pretty darn solid, 14 and 6, 3.980 ERA, 167. 167 innings. Then going to Cincinnati and got dinged up in 2020, only pitched 14 and a third, bounced back, had a nice 2021 season, 12 and 7, 163 innings pitched, 3.37 ERA, and then Hurt again last year, only pitching in 37 innings in nine total games. Started eight of those. But he is 36 years old. If it's the Wade Miley that we saw in 2018, that Houston saw in 2019, that the Reds saw in 2021, I think we would all be flipping ecstatic and be so pumped up and excited about that. That's why, to me, he's an intriguing, under-the-radar type of type of wild card for this. Because if he goes out there and he pitches, like some of those numbers that we just went through, you got a pretty darn solid starting rotation. I mean, I would put it in the conversation as one of the better ones in all of baseball. Maybe not the most popular ones, like name recognition, that some of these teams employ. I don't care about name recognition, though. I care about numbers and wins and how good you are at your job and how well you're playing the sport. And if Wade Miley's putting up numbers like he did, like we've seen these last few years, and he's healthy, and you add it to what uh, what the Brewers already have, that's a fantastic starting rotation. Because let's be real. Let, let, let's be a little bit honest here. I'm pumped up. I'm excited to see these newcomers and these youngsters playing really well for the Brewers. Chances are they're going to come down to earth here a little bit. They're going to go through some ups and downs. Most likely some of the youngsters. They're probably going to go through some tough stretches. I think the biggest thing will be like the Bryce Terangs and the and the Joey Weemers, depending on how long he, you know, he stays up when Luis Rios comes back up, you know, what's the roster moves going to look like and such. But um the biggest thing for those youngsters in my opinion is going to be if they once they go through those poor stretches, they go through those slumps. How do they react to it? Do they get too hard on themselves? Do they get too much in their minds? Do they start to overthink it, panic a little bit? You know, because a lot of these guys are off to really good starts, but you know it's going to happen. They're going to get in a slump. They're going to get into a tough stretch. How do they react from that? How do they get through that? That, to me, is going to be something that I want to see with these youngsters. And, and an example might be a guy like Keston. You know, Keston comes on the scene right away in major leagues. We were pumped about him. We wanted him, you know, it was kind of that up and down, up and down. We wanted him to stay on the major league roster. 
You know, remember that a couple years ago? And right now he's in AAA, and we don't know if he will ever have a future in the on the Major League Ball Club, like a long-term future. But that would just be the one thing with some of these youngsters here is like, how do they respond? Because you know it's going to happen. But going back to how that relates, in my opinion, to this this pitching unit, that's where it's going to put a lot more pressure on this kind of the, the starting unit's kind of the veteran group of a lot of these position positions on this team. Yeah, you got you know Jesse Winker's a veteran, obviously. Brian Anderson's a veteran, obviously. But you get Bur- you get Burns and you get Woodruff and you get Peralta and then maybe Lauer and Wade Miley and they're solid back end starters. You can go through those slumps. You can go through those lumps of the offensive side and and still win some ball games because you have such a great starting pitching staff. But I'm I'm kind of curious to see how how uh, good old Wayne Miley does so far, or does for the team this year. I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he does. Um, I think one other. One other area for this team, I mean, again, it's just, we know it's just three games into this thing, or excuse me, four games into this thing. But one of the biggest questions has, you know, leading into the season was going to be the bullpen. What was the bullpen going to look like? And probably, again, it's a, it's, it's an extremely small sample size here, but we saw Gus Farland a couple times. We saw, you know, Wilson yesterday pitching three innings, a three inning safe, essentially. You know, Freddie Peralta goes out there, throws six strong innings, gets the three inning save for, for Wilson, or Wilson gets the three inning save. Javi goes out there, pitches a, an inning and a third, does give up two earned runs. But in terms of bullpen, Javi's the only one that's given up uh, given up two or more runs so far. Otherwise, Wilson, nothing. Gus Varlin, who was the Rule 5 pick, didn't know if he was going to make the roster. Nothing. Early, uh, early indications or early, you know, feedback, whatever, early looks at it. Bullpen, not bad. Again, don't want to get too caught up in it because it is just four games. But again, how how things can quickly change because I thought for sure on Monday morning we might be talking about what the heck is wrong with this Brewers offense again. Nothing's getting it done. Yelich has struck out nine times or what? Yeah, nine times already. Already Talaz hasn't been hitting consistently. Willie Adamas is only at 200. It's the newcomers and the youngsters getting it done right now. And hopefully when those guys, more than likely, odds are, they're going to go through a little bit of a slump. The the uh, the Brewer veterans of Yelich and Telez and Willie Adamas can turn it around a little bit and get back at it. All right, you guys ready for your pop quiz question of the day? It's pop quiz time. Think you know the answer? Then get ready to text, tweet, or Facebook your answer to Dan. Bryce Terang's first home run yesterday was obviously the Grand Slam. Your pop quiz, your Tuesday pop quiz question of the day. The last Milwaukee Brewer. The last Milwaukee Brewer. Who, their first home run was a Grand Slam. I will give you a hint. Just because you could go through, you know, it's like, oh my God, that's how many years and 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 how many players. I will give you a hint. It was in the two thousands. And you're like, well, that's not much fit. Okay, I'll give you from two thousand ten to now. It's in that it's in that frame. Two thousand ten to now. Okay? Think about it for a couple minutes and then try not to look it up. It is a tough one. But I want to see if anybody anybody can get this. Okay? Because I'll tell you, when I looked it up, I was like, what? I'm like, okay. That's a good little nugget. So, 
Text me the answer, 715-830-1912. And I probably gave away, you know, or I, I probably eliminated a couple of players by telling you what my reaction was. So let's take that break. We'll get you the answer. And then, is UConn officially a blue blood? What do you think? Let me know. Don't forget, Friday, we will be over at uh, High V doing the show there. It's Masters Week, but uh, we'll be doing the show live from High V starting at 6 a.m. Also, we've got the Carpet City Flooring Center Putting Challenge. I have seen the putting green. I finally got to see a picture of it yesterday, and it looks spectacular. And you've got a little water hazard and a little sand uh, bunker in there, too. So. Uh, we got that putting challenge going on. Everybody who stops by, everybody's going to get a chance for three putts, all right? Three putts. Even just trying it, you're going to be entered to win some prizes. That includes a brand-new Odyssey putter, a new Callaway driver, courtesy of our friends from uh, from Carpet City Florence Center High. He's going to be throwing some stuff in there, too. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Stop by. Hit your putts. Be entered to win that. You don't have to stick around the whole time because, well, we're going to be doing it for a few hours. So... It's going to be a lot of fun. Plus, I know Ivy's got some Masters theme menu items going on this week, too. So, can't wait for Masters theme or Masters week. It's continuing here. Still haven't seen any pairings or anything like that, but uh, I'm assuming it'll it'll uh, pop out uh, here today. Keep these responses coming for uh, the uh, for the trivia question. A lot of good answers. I see, I'm guessing a couple of you already cheated and looked it up and, and Googled it to, to find that answer. So, shame on you guys. Shame on you, but uh, a lot of these answers, big thanks for kind of just throwing out some some random names over there. Keep them coming. I'll let uh, I'll I'll tell you what the answer is at the just past the seven o'clock hour. So, uh, all right, let's got G Man uh, chiming in here a little bit too. Uh, Captain Wade Miley will have the will have his best year this year. Jr's Twins and Brewers in the World Series. Brewers winning six. Uh, P.S. Can't uh, thank you enough for the uh, going to the game yesterday. Uh, best game his eyes have ever seen. G-Man was at the uh, home opener. He was on our bus trip uh, yesterday there, too. So we're going to have some more bus trips uh, throughout the year. So make sure you're paying attention to when those opportunities come up. Uh, okay, so is UConn a blue blood? UConn winning their fifth national championship. All within the last quarter of a century. First one coming in 1999. But it, it was kind of talked about. It was a little bit debated between, you know, before the game last night or even when, you know, UConn was getting into the Final Four. And I was reading an, an article on, was it uh, Bet GM? Yeah, Bet GM. And they talked about, you know, your Blue Bloods are Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky. Then they threw in UCLA and Indiana in the conversations, maybe like the next two. And I know there's an article up on Yahoo Sports, you know, talking about you know UConn and you know can debate about whether they're a blue blood program or not. But what you look at what this team has done in the last 23, 24, 25 years, it's pretty darn remarkable to have those championships and three head coaches. The Kevin Ollie one is probably going to be a great trivia question, you know, years down the road. You know, who's the, uh, you know, won the national championship for UConn? What was it 2012, 2013, whatever that year was against, you know, Kentucky, the seven and eight seeds. Wisconsin should have been in there. But I digress. But do you consider UConn a blue blood? Or do you consider, in order to be a blue blood, a blue blood program, you have to have a little bit of, how do I want to say this? More history? Because I think when... And that's kind of the argument for a lot of these, quote, blue blood programs, is you're seeing people make the argument that, well, you know, North Carolina has you know, done it. You know, they won championships going back to, you know, Jordan and all that. Duke, you know, at the beginning of the Krzyzewski era, Indiana with Bobby Knight, UCLA, John Wooden, Kentucky has been around... You know, that seems like since uh, college basketball was, was created and such. And, you know, you look at UConn, they didn't make their first Final Four till they won it in 1999. How can you be a blue blood program if you've only been, you know, since like 23, 24 years? 
That's that's the argument for for others out there. But at what point do you get in to blue blood status? To blue blood criteria? I think you got to define that. You got to answer that. I I might be a little bit How do I want to phrase this? I'm a little bit younger. I've known UConn as a pretty darn solid basketball program since I was a kid in the 90s. I've known them since that, you know. 98, they made an Elite Eight. 95, they made the Elite Eight. So I've known UConn. I mean, the Ray Allens, right? Ray Allen, Richard Hamilton, Karan Butler. I can picture those guys wearing the UConn jersey and playing for them. So I consider UConn a blue blood team. I consider them, maybe it's just because of my age too, or you know, 37, so I'm a little bit younger. Whereas but I know I know intern, you know, Bob said last week that he considers UConn a blue blood too. So I don't know. But it some don't, some won't. And the main argument that I have seen from others out there, mostly on the socials, has been got to be competitive or you got to, you know, be doing it for longer than the whole, they're throwing out the, the quarter of a century mark. You know, you've got these. But my argument to that would be, when was the last time, you know, I know UCLA made some Final Fours with Ben Howland and that, but when was the last time they won a national championship? When was the last time Indiana won a national championship? Indiana went to with Mike Davis a while ago, but when was the last time they've done anything? So if you're going to use the argument about, well, they got to do, you know, UConn's got to be doing it for a little bit longer, what do you have to say about the teams that haven't been doing anything as of late? UConn has been doing something as of late. So that would be my counter-argument to that. Just because you did it a long time ago is you're already established as, okay, you're a blue blood program, doesn't matter what you do after that? Come on. To me, UConn is a blue blood program. My opinion, they're in there. When I think of UConn, I don't think of a football program. I don't think of Dan Dan Orlovsky playing quarterback for them. I think of a lot of great players to come through that program who played at a high level in the NBA and now have five national champions or national championships. Five of them. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to catch up with our good friend, Dr. Logan Shepke, Golf Masters this week. Plus, he's got his top five outdoor bucket lists. That should be exciting to listen to that. Quick break. We'll be back after these few words. Who doesn't love Hy-Vee? Once you walk in the store, you're in for quite the shopping experience. So grab yourself a coffee and check out everything Hy-Vee has to offer. From their top-of-the-line produce section, A-plus bakery, a deli department that includes so many different cheeses you didn't even know existed, a superb meat department, and even shoes, plus the best wine and spirits department in the area. And once you're done shopping or need to grab a bite to eat, they have many different options in their food court, including the popular Wahlburgers. Experience the Hy-Vee experience yourself today. Are you looking to purchase a new vehicle with that tax return this year? Hey, it sounds like you need to make a quick stop to Toys and Ford. From the moment you step into their showroom, you're more than just a customer. You're an honored guest. Toys and Ford's only aim is to serve your needs to the fullest, and the team at Toys and Ford will go the extra mile to provide you with compelling options for new and used vehicle shopping. Purchasing a vehicle? That can be a big decision, and Toys and Ford knows that. So make it easier with the help from Toys and Ford. Time to catch up with our good buddy, Dr. Logan Shepke. What's going on, man? It's Masters Week. Good morning, Dan. Yes, it is. I'm excited for that. I know. Like, I know we're still waiting for the courses around here to open up a little yeah. bit, but uh, <laughs> I think it's trending in the right direction now, finally, after that little dusting, if we want to call it, yes. over this past weekend. Yes. But, um, so, I mean, do you get geeked up for the Masters kind of like I do? I, I mean, love Masters, the Masters Week. Especially yeah. with the way things have gone the last couple of years with golf. Mm-hmm. Um, Bringing in the live players again and seeing yeah. that competition. I know I asked you your top five for like, uh, was it uh, the hunting? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I got to, you know, since we're talking masters, that's got to be a bucket list. It should be on for, my list, actually. I think yeah. I could drop one of these and put that on there for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's yeah. probably, it's easy top five for me. Yeah. I don't even, I'm at that point where I don't care if it's a tournament. I just want to go. 
and yeah. walk the course. Yeah. Amen right. corner and, you know, and all that stuff. Just like, it's got to be like in good weather. So everything's in bloom. The azaleas in bloom and all that sort of thing. But yeah, that's, that's a bucket list for me. And the energy at those, those huge events like that. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to watch, and this is kind of weird, but I like watching the, I like Tiger. So I like watching his, uh, oh, I got a Tiger you go. hat on. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 20, it was 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just watch the re- the entire round. It's on YouTube, so you can mm-hmm. watch it. And I can't remember what hole it is there. Um, and they they tee off, and the, the it's a drop off, and so you can actually watch from the middle of the fairway, mm-hmm. looking at the green, yep. and they drive over you. <laughs> just, yeah, there's some cool things that happen there. Can you imagine? Like I, I played in high school, but I'd still like nobody came and watched me because I wasn't good. Yeah, but you know <laughs> it was. I just like when I see some like tiger teeing off in those crowds that are lined up on the fairway yeah, like yeah. that, it takes one. It just takes one shank, mm-hmm. and it could kill someone. Yep. I would think right to the forehead. Like Absolutely. that to me would be like the most intimidating thing of it all. Yeah, if you had thousands of people lined up, and you're right. I mean, or even if you hit it to the left or right, and you got people crowded around you. Yeah, well, they move the they move the barricades or the ropes, yeah. you know, so that you can have your shot. But it's usually tighter there than know. On, the, on the tee box. Like I struggle to do like these virtual ones because I think I'm going to hit like the ceiling or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably hit yeah. somebody in the forehead with yeah. one of those. But yeah, it's just the environment there. I, you're probably like me too. Like Tiger's the one who really got me in the golf. Yeah, like yeah. he made it cool. I think for people in our generation to like to play golf. Yeah, right. I mean, because it was always kind of I think had a negative connotation to it a little bit right sort of thing but yeah yeah Yeah. and it was you know it was the wealthy played it and and it was a bunch of old guys that were out there playing in these tournaments and then tiger comes in and he's young and works out and takes care of his body and does a Mm -hmm. ton of stuff i mean bring some swagger to it to make it cool you know i had a tiger poster up in my room growing up yeah you know i had a tiger bobblehead in my locker in high school yeah yeah Yeah. well you gotta have those role models like that absolutely so but no, I get geeked up about Masters. I love the Masters. It's yeah, I, I'll be. That's it's probably honestly the only tournament I can watch all four rounds. Sure, you yeah, know, from yeah. beginning to Thursday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nothing yep. against the U.S. Open or the Open. It's just there's something about the Masters. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment though. Those four days. So that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So do you have any picks that you want to kind of go out there? Or? Um. Well, you mentioned earlier if a uh, if a guy from the live league yep. if he, if they win they're going to be celebrating on the 18th all of them. Yep. So it'll be kind of fun to see that happen just to see what it does. Yeah. Um, like I feel like Cameron Smith. Everybody's kind of forgetting about him a little yeah, bit. Yeah. He was close last year. Yep. And I know Brooks yeah, just won, yeah. but I Cameron Smith. I feel like if there's going to be a live guy that's going to do it, it might be him. Yeah. But talking just, about swagger, Dustin Johnson has. Some serious swagger. I don't he's know if he seri- well, deserves yeah. it, but yeah, yeah exactly. no, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But we were talking a little bit about you know live and, and PGA, and I mean that's going to be every ma- every major tournament that's going to be brought up, right? You know, yeah, live versus yeah. PGA or, or anything like that. And I feel like live has kind of quieted down in terms of their normal tournaments compared to their first year last year. And I know there's like, oh, they have enough money now, or or right. anything like that. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I heard this. It was from Dan Patrick. He kind of wondered, like, is this almost a negative thing that happened with Live Tour because these guys are allowed to play the majors? So now it's like, hey, they're allowed to play so people can see them. Sure. Whereas, you know, if they weren't allowed to play the majors and you wanted to see Brooks Kepler, you wanted to see those guys, you you had had to watch the Live Tour. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Mm -hmm. a great point. And I never thought of it that way either. But here we are. We're going to – I want a little drama. I don't know about yep, you. I me want too. Little... It's, it, it makes it fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I've got no problem with some rivalries in golf. And it kind of goes back to what you were just saying. I think, you know, back in, it was like the gentleman's sport, right? Yeah. You, you can't trash talk. You can't, you know, do that. I don't mind a little bickering back and forth. I want Rory and Phil in a group together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And I like them. It adds a, as if they need more to think about with all the fans there and everything and the pressure of being in a major tournament. But, um, when you have those rivalries, now you're, you know, because I think they're so good. They're so mentally able to block everything out that mm-hmm. having that rivalry, though, kind of brings in the, you know, you, you got the guy you're playing against. You got a little chip on your shoulder with them. You're right. trying to beat them, right. too. Because so you're I, still competitive. Oh, absolutely. You know. You have to be. Yeah. You have to. It's amazing the the 
the edge they have to have to attack the hole and, and make, but yet make smart plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just because it, it's an individual sport, but and I think a lot of people don't realize how competitive it, whether it's for yourself against yourself, or in this case, you got a little bit more of a rivalry brewing. Yeah, between yeah. us now too. So well, and like you said, uh, rider rider style kind of with mm-hmm. the different teams. Almost you got your live team and you got your yeah your PGA team. Almost because what happens? There. I'm already playing a scenario. Final group is the final two. One's a live and one's a PGA. Yeah, right, and it's tied up going into the 18th. Right, that's big. You don't stuff tell there. me people aren't going to tune in to watch that oh, final. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. the ratings are going to be split. Jim Nance is going to be going nuts. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. With that's that right. call, they're going to have conversations with the with the presidents of the yep. organizations. Hey, you got to win this. It'll be best too if it was like the vocal, most vocal of each side. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. The, like the high character guys, yes. you know the yeah, like Rory for the PGA, who's just been you know very vocal, and then mm-hmm. you know one of those other Brooks or something like that. Yeah. So. yeah. Did yeah. you watch the full swing doc on Netflix? I haven't finished it yet. I've been okay. slowly chipping away. You have to let me know what you it. think of it. Have, what have you thought the, of it so well, far? The Brooks one frustrated me. Yeah. He was such a force mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And then his mentality during that, and it may be just that he, that was his time in his life. And we all have those mm-hmm. in our in our lives. And I think that's a, that's a great topic. I, it's actually something I've been thinking about uh, talking with you. You know, what motivates us in life? Yeah. What, what drives us to do whatever we're doing? But he didn't have that when they were following him for that, that season there, or those mm-hmm. couple months. And it really frustrated me. It's like, man, you got to find something that gets this edge. Cause he just had a downer right. uh, mentality. Yeah. But he, you know, you work through those, those times, but it's, it's also a good thing. I think for us, uh, common folk, I'll say to see these high quality athletes, these, these, you know, in, incredible athletes have those struggles. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it more real. Yeah, they're just people yeah. trying to trying to make a living and do what they're doing. So I think it was Brooks who said he'd rather have played baseball. I, I think that he wishes he was a baseball player or, yeah, you know, yeah. if he could do it all over again or yeah. something. Yeah, he was in that slump and he just, yeah. you start thinking about, ah, what what am I doing here? Why should I didn't I do this other thing? Yeah, Right, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, you have to let me know when you finish if there was one that – because there was a couple that stood out to me and I don't want to ruin yeah. anything no, okay. out there for, right, right. for that. But I thought I loved it because, again, sticking with golf – I was a tiger guy. I am. I am a tiger guy. But yeah. Tiger was the one that was always in the spotlight. We knew Tiger. We knew about this. Kind of gave the background on other golfers, where it's like I could go be a Tony Finau fan now because I loved yeah. his story. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I don't know if you watched that one. That's actually one. And and I was because I was going over the the list of who's playing um, uh, yesterday in the Masters, and I really do like Tony. Yeah. So and he'd be one that I want to see at that on the top part of there, you know, top ten ish. Exactly. I mean, the story with his family and all yeah. that, and yeah. you know, everybody's saying he can't win because he brings his family with, and it's like, okay, now I want to root for a guy like Tony Fino. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. what I thought that did that. It showcased that background for a lot of those guys. Absolutely. And I think it was 2019 was really he was pretty fresh into the tour. If it was, mm-hmm. if not his first real year going pro, I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but. Um, yeah, for that 2019 Masters, he was paired with Tiger, Tiger. and uh, Molinari, I think it was. Yep. And it, it was those And three. that final pairing. That's a, man, that's a high pressure thing for Tony. And he did well. Yeah. You know, he, he stuck in there and kept his cool, but man, that's a. Remember when he like dislocated his ankle at the par three contest yeah, at the Masters yeah, too? Yeah. And then he just like pops it back in. <laughs> just walks it off. Oh my God. Rub some dirt in it and go. Right. <laughs> Golly, man. You're, you know, okay, I'm going to ask you this, kind of transitioning into what you do here a little before I get to your top five. Yeah. Really quick. You mentioned the, you know, motive, talk about Brooks Kepka motivation, yeah, yeah. passionate. In terms of being a chiropractor, what drove you? What, I mean, because what was that passion? What was that motivation for you? Did something kind of happen that, you know, we talked or I've talked to some people like something happened where I'm like, okay, that's what I know I want to do. Yeah. Sort of thing. Right. Did that kind of happen with you, or? Yeah, not um, not that I necessarily realized at the time I made the decision to pursue chiropractic. So, but, but you're absolutely right. A majority of my classmates, you know, like when our, in your first year, we're all getting to know each other, talking about what, why are you here? Mm-hmm. This exact question, and so many, you know, had these things in their childhood. They they were they had constant headaches, or they. Mm-hmm whatever it was in chiropractic changed their life. And then they said, yep, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do that and help people get this kind of result that I had. Uh, for me, it was more of a, I really liked, 
uh, started in, in high school working with myself. Um, and then I knew I wanted to work with the human body somehow, mm-hmm. uh, personal training, physical therapy, chiropractic. And I just kind of pursued that almost blindly. If mm-hmm. I, if I think back to it, you know, it's just kind of like, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to do to work with the body. And mm-hmm. I think you get lost in the grind, the daily grind of class and, and studying and boards and all this stuff. So as I've now been practicing for this year and a half, um, it's, it gets better every day because you build on those experiences. Right. You have those conversations The people you hear through. I, my favorite is when you hear through like two people that Sarah is feeling awesome. Because I worry sometimes because I don't hear from them for a bit. Right. But that's a good thing. It means that they're better. Yeah, they're feeling better and they're moving well and they don't need me. And that's my goal. I don't want you to need me. But Right. Um, so when you hear through a couple people that, yes, I know, I know Sarah and she sent me here, but she's doing awesome. That starts to motivate you more and it makes me want to be better. Because I also have those patients that uh, I struggle with, mm-hmm. you know. we just and, and everybody has this in life. But you got to, okay, that's a, that's a weak spot in my game. Mm-hmm. I got to hunker down and, and learn more about this so right it's a constant evolution of of that and so far it's still trending up and motivating me more so mm-hmm. just try and keep it going that way and yeah run with the successes we actually uh i did have somebody uh wanted me to ask you a question if you're yeah, up absolutely. for that uh, yeah. i saved this over here because this was from a few days ago but they said uh next time you have dr shepke on can you ask him this I see people trying to crack their backs by themselves does that do anything when, when they yeah. sit there or I can imagine, like, I remember growing up, like, I'd go to a buddy, hey, lift me up or try to crack my back or something like yeah. that. Uh, this person wanted me to ask you, does that actually do anything? Or is that good for you? Yeah, so, all right. Um, kind of a loaded question. A loaded little bit. question. <laughs> I'm going to approach it first with, uh, the like, the neck. You see you see people really cranking on their neck. Yeah. Um, the issue with that in particular, and the neck's an easy one because there's so much range of motion there, and it's easier to push into that. Uh, quote unquote damaging space. Mm-hmm. So with an adjustment itself, as a chiro- what I'm doing as a chiropractor is I'm getting you to that end range of motion, we call it, and then we go just into the, we call it paraphysiologic space, where that ligament tension is is basically just maxed out and we're, and we're not going past that. Mm-hmm. That's what creates that that motion, uh, often the pop. We don't need the crack. Right. Um, it's, it's more about getting that restriction to, to be alleviated. When you do it on your own, typically you don't have the, the speed and the speed of the adjustment. I think we talked about that force table last yeah. time or a couple of times yep. ago. The speed of the adjustment is what makes it safer um, because you're not pushing through that paraphysiologic space, which is the, the end of ligament motion. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do that on your own with your neck, I'm, I'm running in circles a little bit here, but when you do it on your own with your neck, you it's like a plastic grocery bag. You can stretch it a little bit. It has a little bit of give, but if you stretch too far, it won't return to its normal state where it was before you stretched it. And that can happen with ligaments. And then we get something called ligament laxity. Okay. So that's the dangers with really overdoing motions. Now, if you just move your your head around, shake your neck out a little bit, and you get those releases, I have no issue with that. And you are kind of, you're improving your range of motion within those joints. Um, same thing, you know, if you're rolling on a foam roller mm-hmm. and you get that nice release down the mid back there, mm-hmm. I love that. And those releases are good. They feel good. You're mobilizing those joints and I'm, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. It's when we overdo it. That's, that's where the issue occurs. Gotcha. You can do the same thing with the low back cause it's really easy to twist in your chair, you know, grab and just crank and, right. um, so I, I ask people to limit that, uh, uh-huh. You know, snapping your knuckles, that's a wives' tale. You're not going to yeah, get I've... arthritis and stuff like that. Okay. Is that more um, air bubbles or yeah, something exactly. like that? Okay. And that's exactly what an adjustment is, too. When you get a, a release or mm-hmm. a crack with in, a, in a, any adjustment, it's it's air bubble. It's nitrogen, yeah. Why it's, do it's some cavitation. people – like some people – I can't do that. I can't do anything with a neck. Is it just some people can do it easier than others or, I mean, it, yeah. some are just like – when I hear people do that, I'm like, kind of makes me shiver <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, why do some people have it and some don't? Uh, I, I think part of it is where their range of motion is. So can mm-hmm. they get past that just a little bit and then create that cavitation? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. You can YouTube, uh, an x-ray. It's a, it's actually like a CT, I think, because it's, it's live action, but, uh, you can Google or, or YouTube a, I think it's a knuckle cavitation and it's a, it creates a negative space and then that actually fills with air and then that pops okay 
color or with nitrogen. But gotcha. It's really neat to watch that X-ray and just yeah. kind of it gives you a good uh, visual of what is actually occurring when that snap occurs. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, before I get to your top five here, quick uh, to kind of bring it back uh, with everything here. Going back to golf here, because you posed a question that I I think is a good yeah, question for yeah. our listeners uh, for this too, with the whole live and, and PGA tour. Like, are you on the side? Do you care? Sort of thing, or or maybe it's changed now that we're kind of a year into it for, for right, some people. Right. You know, maybe some were like so, you know, one sided on one of them. Maybe it's changed at this point. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, others got different beliefs with, with everything on there too. Yeah, and there's different formats. Mm-hmm. Live to PGA, so exactly. That's cool too. You get you, you change it up a little bit. It is different. You got the team formats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people are like. I don't like the fact they can wear shorts. You know, some are more mm-hmm. traditionalist mm-hmm. With, with that. Uh, the music. You know, with right. everything on yeah. there too. Yeah. So, but I'll be but, curious to hear from people what their thoughts are now that we've actually seen the tournaments too i think that was the other part we didn't see the live tournaments now we've seen what they look like and how they're they're kind of played it might change people's opinions a little bit too so yeah all right we'll let you know the responses on that yeah definitely all right wrap it up here i i gave you a test i gave you a question your top five because i love the fact that you're an outdoorsman too yes so your bucket list, your top five, because we were talking elk hunting a lot last time. Yeah. And a lot of people were intrigued with that one. And I was telling a lot of people, too, I'm like, that does it on the public land, too. You know, he actually <laughs> works his butt off to actually go out and do that. So need to get more successful. So hopefully that'll come. And then I have better stories for everybody out there. But nonetheless, hey, he, I, I'm jealous that you get to do that, too. That's still an experience. Yeah. So yeah. that's really awesome. All right. Yeah. Actually, this year is going to be a little bit of a. It's going to take some work. Uh, we have a baby due at the end of May here. So well, congratulations. Convincing my wife yeah. to let me go this year is going to be a little harder, but my dad and I did put in for points last week. So Right, yeah. <laughs> We're moving awesome. forward as if I'll Do you know if it's go. a boy or girl? Boy. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. First yeah. one, right? First one, yep. Oh, boy. Get ready. Yeah, I know. You won't <laughs> sleep, man. <laughs> Maybe you'll get lucky and actually have one that sleeps. Mine still I, doesn't. He's five. So I joke I, with, with my wife. I say... Set alarms through different times of the night to, get, to practice. Yeah. Bugs her. She says, "No, we need to. We need to get our sleep now." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good idea from your from your end. Just like, get, get used to it yep. because well, I don't know if you can ever get used to it. To be honest, no, no, it's, there's no preparing for no. that. Yeah, and you never know if it's going to be good or you know how it's going to be until it actually happens. Yeah, I've heard people say, "Oh, my kid slept great." Mine still wakes up in the middle of the night yelling for his mommy. Yeah, and, he, and he's five. <laughs> so, oh. All right, so let's start off with five and go up to one. Or do you have them ranked? Um, or not really? It don't matter. I don't really have them ranked. I okay. Think, uh, yeah. All right, just go through them then. What do you got here? I'm Because I'm probably going to copy your list. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got some hunting, some more like hiking type. Nice. You know, yep. that. Uh, uh, Normandy. I want to go to Normandy. So we, we were in Paris, loved Paris, um, but... We didn't really get into the countryside, and I just think the World War II history is so cool. Um, there's there's so much there that I'd love to go, which is in Normandy, and that yes. type of that type of trip to Europe. Um, yep. We've been there a, a few times, but never for that style. So that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska hunt. I yeah. think if I had to if I had to do one hunt, you know, and, and label that as my my number one, it'd mm-hmm. be an Alaska one because you get a lot of a lot of things. With yeah, the adventure of being up. Any specific wilderness. animal or anything? Or yeah, I mean, um, probably. I think caribou would be yeah. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. It's a different style. It's more like in the right. like herd hunt type deal, but uh, mm-hmm. you're still doing a lot of glassing, putting on a lot of miles and stuff like that. So right, seems cool. Watching yeah. Steve kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he has a good he had a good hunt with that, so that'd be fun. Uh. You know what I would love to do is the fjords in Norway. Oh, yeah, I think those look really cool. Yeah, because the, the mountains over there are younger than like the, the Rockies, so they're right. getting steeper. They haven't decayed quite as much, so yeah. that's that's cool. I love the background that you're kind of giving on this too. The historical yeah, background yeah, on some yeah. of that too. That's awesome. Yeah, I could be making it up too, but <laughs> but no, no, that is true. I know that one. Um, <laughs> the Grand Canyon. I've never been there, and it's yeah. right here, so I'd like to do that. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Tale of the Dragon is a road, it's like a, I don't remember how long it is, 13 miles, something like that, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Super 
popular with motorcycles. Okay. And so my uncle's been down there before. I, I would love to take my cycle and do that. Are you just, a motorcycle yeah, guy too? Yeah. Nice. It'd be fun to just super windy. Yeah. You know, there's like 130 t- turns in this 15 yeah. mile stretch or something. It's nice. So, so what kind of bike do you have? Marley or? Oh, uh, it's going to change this summer. Yeah. I wish I had a Harley. Yeah. I'm working on that one. Uh, since I was 17, I've had a 92 CBR 600. Okay. It's a, it's a 31-year-old bike, but it's the best engine I've ever had. But mm-hmm. we're thinking we might be selling it, especially with the baby coming. It's a little, it's red and flashy and too oh, fast for me. you got to go dad things. now. Yeah, i got to go dad mode. So yeah. my dad is selling his uh, touring BMW, and I think I'll probably be picking that up. Nice. Which well, is okay. You, yep. You, you it's it's a life along. change, man. It's a life change. <laughs> you do. So. Uh, well, dude, I, I always love chatting with you. So this was awesome. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to get some of the responses too. And yeah, and me too. Kind of get that rolling there. And I like the questions like that, that snap in your back mm-hmm. on your own. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's good to, for people to know mm-hmm. when that's a common question and uh, challenges me a little bit. I don't like challenge. So, all right. So if anybody else has any questions, yeah. send them on over. Yep. Something like that. All right. You open that door now. So you're gonna get. I know. No, I get I, more I, now. <laughs> Come with a binder full of resources right? next yeah. time. <laughs> bring bring uh, a couple of your textbooks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, too. Right, so, right. I, Logan, appreciate you stopping by, buddy, and I uh, can't wait to check you with you check in with you again next time. Awesome, thanks, Dan. You got it. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends from Toys and Ford and High V. Just a quick uh, couple of reminders here: if you're not following or subscribing, you know the drill. Do so. Leave a positive review positive uh, or five-star rating plus i want to hear from you we got that voice message thing that you can record a voice message that can be featured on an episode of the podcast go ahead and do that that link is in the is in the uh, podcast description so when you're on your podcasting platform it's on the bottom there it's very very simple you just click on that link and it'll bring you up to a screen and all you do is tap a button on your phone there and start recording that simple okay uh i want to do a q a's i want to hear from you comments questions whatever it is from you you can also hit me up on Twitter at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R, Facebook.com, slash Casper Sports. But uh, big thanks to Logan and for stopping by for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks to you for listening. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper. We'll chat with you again on a future episode of the Man Cave Podcast.